Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. You're listening to the D.C. Public Library on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Olubumi Bakari. This is a part of the All Things Creative series where we showcase D.C. creatives and makers and all things art in D.C. My guest today is Alicia Cunningham. Alicia is an author, speaker, filmmaker, and photographer who has contributed to National Geographic, the Discovery Channel, America Online, and the Smithsonian Institution. In 2013, she published her first book, Feminine Transitions, a photographic celebration of natural beauty. And just last year, she published her second book, I Am More Than My Hair, My Outward Appearance Does Not Define Me. She is currently working on a documentary with the same title in which she tells the stories of females who have experienced hair loss due to medical conditions. Alicia, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me on the show. So um, before we go into your books and your film, let's talk a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you from? Where did you grow up? That's a tricky question. Um, so I was um, born, my family, my background is from Trinidad. I was born in Seattle. My father was in the Army. Um, I spent most of my childhood life in Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. And then I've moved here. And um, I'm ready to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yeah. When did you come to the D.C. area? I came here in 92. 92. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you've been here a while. Yeah, I've been here so a while. So you're basically a Washingtonian. Tonya, right? More than a, a lot of other people. Oh, hey, yes. Okay, so... Now, you're a photographer, mm-hmm. and, and your books mm-hmm. um, are books of uh, photography. Yes. So when did you first get into photography? Um, I first started with photography in, uh, in college, actually. So I, was, I went into college, Montgomery College I graduated from, went in undecided. Um, I knew I wanted to do something in art. I was kind of back and forth with art and physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a class that I took as an elective, actually, mm-hmm. just the beginning photography's class, photographer's class, and um, fell in love with it. Um, I, I enjoyed the process, you know, because at that time it was a dark room. I'm not sure if they still have that mm-hmm. around now. Um, I enjoyed developing my film, uh, being able to see the development of the pictures, and, um, and of course, being out there on the field and taking pictures, predominantly portraits. I still mm-hmm. kind of focus on that, mm-hmm. um, but that's how I got started. So basically you learned, that was like my next question. So mm-hmm. you basically learned about photography mm-hmm. while you were in college. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's how I learned about it. So yeah. I love this. This is great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I always love people who um, find their passions later in life. Like right. they go through things and then they, you know, figure out, right. hey, I love this. Right. And so you yeah. picked it up. Beautiful pho- um, photographs mm-hmm. that you've taken. Thank you. And so um, now are there any particular photographers that influenced you? Um, I lo- I've always loved um um, Gordon Parks, and as well. Did you see the exhibition? I yeah. did. So at okay. the at the museum, right? Yeah, right uh, yes, right, I yes. did see the beautiful work. His, his work was always amazing. Um, and then also, uh, uh, what is this guy's name? John Harrell. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know George Harrell. I don't Harrell. know who that is. Um, so, and I feel like a lot of my early works, if you look at it, is a, a mixture of George Harrell, Gordon Parks. They mm-hmm. have like that really kind of dark, 
like mm-hmm. light shadow, mysterious kind of images, um, black and whites. I still love black and whites. Um, but those are my first, they mm-hmm. were my first two introductions mm-hmm. to photography. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as a, you know, for any people who are thinking about going into photography, you know, what do they, rec- what do you recommend? How, you know, where should they start? Um, I would start first with, I think it's good just to actually take pictures. Mm-hmm. And right now with technology, you don't necessarily need to, you don't have to get a camera. You can do it with your cell phone. Mm-hmm. A lot of the cell phones take better pictures than the cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, so just figure out what is it, your, your area that you prefer. Some people have a preference. Some people like everything. Um, uh, so if you like to shoot pictures of people, do you like to tell stories with that, you know, with the pictures? Um, do you rather landscape? Are you, some people are pet photographers, you know, so mm-hmm. um, just start shooting. Mm-hmm. That's how you get started. And so um, <laughs> we were kind of talking about this beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I've been like doing research, mm-hmm. you know, for years. And there are certain people who prefer, let's say, Nikon. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people who prefer Canon. And then now there's like the Panasonic GH6. And then there's right. the Sonys. And so do you have a preference in what you use? Um, so I, do, I use Nikon. Um, but, I, you know, for me, it's really just about the person behind the camera. Mm-hmm. I don't really think it's a camera. Um, I also have Mamiya um, and Bronica. So I like medium format. I still shoot film mm-hmm. as well. Um, I would like to eventually get a Sony, mm-hmm. but it's just because I just like the quality and the look of it, but not mm-hmm. really brand-wise, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just what I have now. Um, I still use my old Nikomat, which is mm-hmm. like an original, you know, I think from 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some people like die hard. This is what I want. This is the brand, but mm-hmm. not really for me. It's whatever mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have like a go-to lens that you use? Um, not just the, really the basic. Um, so 50 millimeter um, mm-hmm. or sometimes a little a zoom. Um, it's Nikon too, though, but mm-hmm. <laughs> don't know if that matters. But um, I prefer to be, I prefer going, being able to go up closer mm-hmm. or further back because um, mm-hmm. I like the personal touch. But then again, because I do portraits mainly, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, um, I feel like with the 50 millimeter, it gives me the ability to still be, you know, close and not too far away, mm-hmm. you know, because that, that also tells the story through the picture as a photographer because you're the one who's kind of facilitating the, the emotion with the person. You know, so. So for like budding photographers, mm-hmm. you would say any camera will do, mm-hmm. any gear will do. Yeah, I would say actually. So you know what I did before I get any camera, I called um, uh, B and H mm-hmm. in New York. I've done they're, that for some lenses. Oh, have you? They're really good with um, giving you feedback. So I was like, oh, this is what I need. I need to do film. I need to do photography. What would you recommend? Um, and then of course, and I do. So I do look at the reviews as well. So once they give me mm-hmm. a list, I'll do go do too. the reviews and then. Um, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, what's the most, you know, what's affordable too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. And that's the same thing that I've done. But, you know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. that deal with like filmmaking and photography. And they always say, you know, sometimes they say it's not so much the camera, but mm-hmm. who's behind the camera. Right. But then you have others who say, well, your lighting has to be yes. this way. And then if you're working on film, you know, the sound is most important. Yeah. Um, so, you know, your take, what's your take on that? I say it's a person, it was a combination of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get a disposable, you can still get a nice picture with a disposable camera, as a matter of fact, but mm-hmm. um, you, um, it, it is the person behind the camera and of the quality of the camera as well. But I mean, you can still get a decent quality uh, camera and the person behind the camera knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you can use Photoshop to make it look like the way, I don't believe in completely changing a picture, but to make it look like the way that you see it mm-hmm. and, and you're good to go. So you're yeah. not a, so when you're done with your photographs, mm-hmm. you don't do like a lot of uh, 
Photoshop or anything. Yeah, no, yeah. So when and actually, it's natural. It is all natural. So if anyone comes to me and they would like to hire me to take a portrait, I let them know that up front. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna Photoshop your wrinkle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why yeah. is that? I just feel like there's not. It's I, I feel like I'm lying, and I, I'm not gonna contribute to the work that I do is actually um, breaking the mold of a beauty standard and learning to love yourself. So if you come to me to take a picture, um, I'm. I'm, I'm going to have, I have the same standards. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I won't take your mold. I won't Photoshop your mold. I won't, I had somebody say that they wanted to Photoshop their children, did her daughter's uh, braces mm-hmm. um, or the wrinkles, make them look 10 years younger. I hate that a lot. Can you mm-hmm. make me look 10 years? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. You look how you look. That's it. And appreciate it. And so you consider yourself to be a portrait and lifestyle photographer. So yes. what exactly is that? Um, so lifestyle is really just uh, in the moment. So you're here right now. We're on the podcast. Um, so you would be the, cause the person is a portrait, you know, so, but then the lifestyle is what you're doing right now. So you're in the moment and, and in the book, those are all lifestyle pictures. So they're in their environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a person there, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so let's now let's switch gears and let's mm-hmm. talk about your book, your mm-hmm. first book, um, Feminine Transitions. Yes. Um, and in the book, you photographed um, women of all ages, mm-hmm. um, babies, yes. all the way until um, 104. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what was the inspiration behind that work? That actually came about when um, I went to a, a photography conference, I think it was, in, in D.C. Um, with a local uh, photo group. And there was one lady that was doing it. She was she's a well-known photographer. I can't remember her name, and I wouldn't say it. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, she was doing, she was, the, the photographers were supposed to bring their work so she can critique it. Mm-hmm. And there's a picture that I have that I call um, Life. So it's a woman, uh, a young lady I went to school with who was pregnant at that time with twins. And I cut out a shadow, I cut out a shape of an ankh. Mm-hmm. And I used my light in front of it to project I think the I saw that. Was it on your Instagram page? Yeah, yes, it was. Okay. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, so... Uh, when she came to my work, she complimented. She's like, well, your work is beautiful. You know, I think it's amazing. Very, um, I can feel the emotion of the people. But then she was like, you know, this is my favorite picture, that same, the one I call life. Um, but you should never show a pregnant woman a picture of her belly without photoshopping the wrinkle, the, her stretch marks. Really? Um, and it kind of caught me by surprise. Like, what does she mean? Why would I do that? She's like, well, because it's ugly. You know? Really? Um, yeah, that was her response. And... Um, I was just like, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't agree, you know, um, actually left there really mad. Then I, mm-hmm. But then in my anger, I often find, try, I'm not somebody who sits and I dwell on it. I'm like, okay, what's going to be, the, what, what's the solution? Like, how am I going to, mm-hmm. you know, work on this or fix this somehow? Um, and I slept on it and I sleep with the journal on my, by my bed. And I was like, well, you know, I just feel like there was a lot at that time. Also, the Photoshop thing had just gotten really big mm-hmm. and photographers were talking about, make, you know, like making people look younger. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot of women um, asking for their hair to be uh, dyed, not dyed, but to look like it's black or a different color in really? pictures. Yeah. Um, that was just like the, the Photoshop frenzy in the beginning. And um, I slept on it. I was like, I just really need to, I'm getting a little frustrated with photography. I loved it at one point. I was falling out of love with it. And I needed something to just make me come back, feel like I needed to come bring the photography back to life for me again. Mm-hmm. And I slept on it and, um, and had the idea of feminine transitions. Mm-hmm. So in my often... People, people's, some people have ideas that come to them in different ways. But for me, it comes to me in my sleep, in my mm-hmm. dreams. Me too. It's the same thing? Yeah. And um, that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have, write, I have a journal beside my bed. And uh, I got up. It was, it was late. You know, it was, I think, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. 
and I sketched out the pictures that I saw in my head, just portraits, mm -hmm. and um, the title, Feminine Transitions. So mm -hmm. it was just the idea. But I started with the idea and then started doing scouting, looking for people, and came up with the book, you know, a few years later. Yeah. And I think also, um, was this also inspired by, like, your childhood of yes. that? Right. Seeing people who looked like you? Yeah, so that was also inspired by the actual the word, the phrase that she used, um, this looks ugly, mm -hmm. was uh, something that my auntie told me years ago when I was just going through puberty, you know, I think I was about 11, 12. And um, so she said to me, um, I had pimples on my face, and so that was a big thing. You know, you shouldn't have pimples. So she was like, oh, you know, at least you have pimples, you're getting ugly. Mm -hmm. And I remember even though I had my father constantly reinforcing like beauty and natural beauty that was a big thing for him um stay natural you don't need makeup if you did it's just to you want to wear it but mm -hmm. it's not necessary um you're beautiful i heard it every day but that one comment that mm -hmm. she phrase she told me kind of like knocked me off my feet for a little bit mm -hmm. um so uh it when she mentioned that it took me some time to realize that actually i think that also stemmed from there so i think a combination of everything mm -hmm. what me falling out of love, my experience from childhood, that one, she said the same phrase, um, and then this whole Photoshop frenzy, and I was like, I need to do something to, to change, to break the mold then, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So I'm just, you know, listening to mm -hmm. both stories and mm -hmm. hearing you explain it. Right. And so both of these criticisms mm -hmm. came from other women. Yes, yeah. So, right. you know, what do you think about that? Um, you know, that's, that's the shot. I, I really don't understand it, because usually the, the criticism in general often comes from women, but then also the criticism that they received as a kid also comes from women as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, a lot of times when when women are, uh, if you notice when they're trying to present themselves a certain way, even when dressing up, they're really trying to impress each other and I don't I don't get it. Mm -hmm. You know, but also I think we all we are because we're critics mm -hmm. in general. We for whatever reason, we tend to criticize each other harsher than we do men. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to, you know, figure out I can do something, so contribute somehow in a positive way then. And, and w so, like, what do you think, what is the standard that we are trying to break. go after? Yeah, break, yeah. or what is the standard that, or what do you feel like we're measuring ourselves against? Oh, well, definitely the media. So it's usually white, light skin, um, light skin, white. Um, also... Uh, Young, that's a big thing. So mm -hmm. young is like, you know, I feel like a lot of older women are com are trying to compete with the young women. So, you know, dyeing their hair. Um, Botox. Yeah, oh my gosh, the Botox. The, even the heels, I'm seeing women breaking their backs. Um, older women in heels. Um, <laughs> and you can see the walk is a little different, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're not comfortable. Take the heels off. But, um, and that's, you know, it's really it. <laughs> not comfortable. Take the heels off. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, so that's, I think that's pretty much the standard. Thin nose, everything thin, thin, you know, it's mm -hmm. just, it's like we're all different, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's how I feel. And so in, yeah. in that book, you celebrated the differences. I did, and, yes. And, and doing that, what did you learn? Ah, I really didn't, I didn't realize that there were so many issues with women and self-identity mm -hmm. until I started the book. Because mm -hmm. I, I heard, especially women within the age group of uh say between like 40 to 55 mm -hmm. that was that's the the smallest number of participants that it has in that it is in that age group mm -hmm. um and i kept on hearing uh women say i don't take pictures without my mask on you know mm -hmm. or um so they, I'm not they consider makeup to be a mask they yeah they consider it to be a mask and i didn't realize it was that serious i was mm -hmm. like well no like that was the deciding factor once mm -hmm. they found out that was you could not wear it the criteria was no makeup no wigs um 
no uh, no nails, and even though I'm not you know seeing the nails, but I wasn't sure at that time, so I took different pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you had to be completely raw, mm-hmm. and that was the deciding factor for most women mm-hmm. to not participate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's funny because um, I do have makeup, but mm-hmm. I normally don't wear makeup. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but when I like recently, I went to go get it. You know, summertime and right, wintertime, yeah. your, your skin, skin changes. changes. Right. Yes. So I went to go get makeup, and I spe- I always say I do not want a face. Uh-huh. So I'm one of these people. I want to look like me. You right? Yes. I do yeah. not want a face. Yes. And um, luckily, my mom came of age during like the '60s or okay. whatever. And she had a boyfriend who actually mm-hmm. told her, you don't need makeup. Ah, um, right. And then she told me, you know, like the same thing, you don't need makeup. Mm-hmm. So I had that, you know, coming up. Right. And so I didn't see her wearing it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel pressure to do it. And right. most of my friends don't wear makeup either. They mm-hmm. might wear like eyeshadow, lipstick. lipstick. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like a whole nother face. No. Yes. And luckily, like my crew, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of have like the same mindset. Right. Um, of that, like, this is who we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take, Take it or leave it. <laughs> basically. Right, yeah. And, you know, what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. working in the library, I see a lot of young people in makeup. I yeah. mean, I'm talking about, I've, I've seen little girls like 10 years old with this lipstick and all this stuff on their eyes mm-hmm. and it's not done right. Right. But I'm like, oh my God, 10 years old, yeah. like 11, 12. Yeah. Why? Yeah, you I know? don't understand. And you have daughters. I do, right, yeah. So, what do you tell them? Um, so really the same thing that I'm, I'm, I'm preaching, I'm, I'm preaching at home as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, you know, I do tell them that I'm not against it. So I'm like, you know, you can, my daughter who is the oldest is, is 13 and the youngest is seven. Um, so I always tell her, remember that you're also an example. So whatever your little sister sees you do, just like what you see me do, you'd want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't mind, you know, if you want, they want to wear, the, she wears, actually she wears lip gloss, so she can't wear lipstick mm-hmm. yet. So when you turn 17, mm-hmm. you can decide on that or not. Um, but it's just a constant, it's a constant um, encouragement because you have people and not just within the media, but then also school, mm-hmm. you know, so there's she and then she her hair is natural. Both of the mm-hmm. hair is natural as well. Mm-hmm. And it's rare in middle school for her where she is in, we're in Montgomery County, mm-hmm. that there's uh, that many black, young black girls with their hair natural, mm-hmm. usually weaves or, you know, mm-hmm. um, braids, something. Um, so she, sometimes she's even asked or told, you know, you, you don't want to go to the hairdresser or you don't, when are you going to get a perm? And so she's constantly having these conversations. But at first, um, I like the fact that, it, you know, in the beginning, she was a little bit like, oh, you know, but she came from a solid foundation because my husband also preaches the same, you mm-hmm. know, to, to them. Um, but seeing her go from like, uh, this is a little confusing to now like, no, this is my hair. Mm-hmm. I like my hair. You mm-hmm. stop telling me about my hair, mm-hmm. you know, so um I think that's been, you know, I, I like to see her be able to, to stand up for herself and say, this is me and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that too. Yeah. Um, again, like, so with me growing up, mm-hmm. my mom used to say that to us. Like mm-hmm. we, my sister and I got teased all the time uh, because my mother, like we got our hair straightened and all of that. Like I hated it though, right. going to get a, you know, somebody burning your ear. I and know. then right. I have my dad's hair. My dad is from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. My mom's. <laughs> My grandmother's hair texture is completely. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to call those numbers. You know, mm-hmm. they have one C yeah, and all yeah, that. I don't even know what it is. But our hair texture is different mm-hmm. than my mom's and my grandmother's. Okay. So we used to get teased all the time, and my mm-hmm. mom was like, "Well, you guys have you know African hair or mm-hmm. whatever." And I didn't get a relaxer mm-hmm. relaxer until like the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. 
but we we were constantly teased we, mm-hmm. you know source of ridicule because we didn't straighten our hair right. and i specifically remember i used to love going swimming mm-hmm. and a neighbor i wanted one of my friends to go swimming with me and um she told her mother or her mother's friend you know well boomy wants me to go swimming with her why can't i go and the, her mother's friend came outside and said because her mother doesn't want her hair to look like yours Really, And I remember running in the house and, like, crying. Oh, and I was wow. just like, you know, but then I had, it was like this back and forth. When my mother is saying, you know, mom is saying your hair is good. But when you go to school and when you look on TV, right. you know, everybody has their hair straightened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it wasn't until I saw, like, Bob Marley. This is true story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have locks now. Mm-hmm. But I remember um, watching, my mother had got the Bob Marley Legend DVD um, VHS back then. I'm old. (laughs) uh, And I remember, you know, just looking at him and seeing these locks and Mm -hmm. just seeing how powerful he was. Mm -hmm. And that inspired, I don't know what it was. And I was probably like 12 or something like that back then, but I would just watch him. I didn't get locks until, I don't want to say my age, but later on, (laughs) later on down the line. But I just remember seeing him like that. And then I guess somewhere in the back of my mind, I wanted locks. And then Lauren Hill came out. And then it was like, Erica Badu. Oh, right. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to lock my hair. Right. Like, they inspired me mm-hmm. to go natural. Yeah, that's beautiful. But even still, I feel like I have people, you know, I, some people freeform. Mm-hmm. Some people groom. Mm-hmm. And some people will say, and these are women, black mm-hmm. women will say, um, oh, it doesn't look nappy. You know, you keep it. And I'm like, and, you know, I don't know what to say to people like that yes. but I'm like that's the whole point is you know and what's wrong with that right. what do you, you know and <laughs> you know it's it's frustrating mm-hmm. and I really don't know how that's one thing that I feel like I don't know how to can't fix that mm-hmm. you know um because my there's times I know my daughters we 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 all have you know our hair textures are the same but just a little different so mm-hmm. they have that the number thing and actually don't even I don't even go to um these uh the natural hair mm-hmm. um uh, what you call it? Like, the shows. The shows, right? Because yeah. everything is focused on. And my daughter pointed it out to me. She's like, "Mom, everything is focused on curly hair." Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I fit anywhere. When I look at the videos of YouTube, like how to do your hair, everything is curly, um, curly. Uh, I don't even know what the things are, but like mm-hmm. the curly mask, the curly cues, all you know, mm-hmm. the curly uh, conditioners. Um, and now it's and so now you still have that good hair, bad hair thing mm-hmm. that hasn't really changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's I feel like it's gotten a little bit better, mm-hmm. but there's still a comparison to good hair, bad hair, nappy, mm-hmm. straight. You know, and I've had times when I'm with one my daughters and one would say, "Oh, her hair, you know, she got good hair." Another one, and then and completely ignore. And I don't understand like what in your right mind will make you think that that's you know that that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, good or bad, yeah, yeah. And it, and it's still like I, I saw on social media. And these are men. Mm-hmm. Um, one per, and I'll see different men posting stuff, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they'll ask questions like about a woman. If as long as it's clean and as long as it's this, and then some will say, well, some women will say, well, when you're talking about, like, they'll do, use a celebrity, for instance, mm-hmm. who has natural hair, mm-hmm. and their hair isn't as textured or mm-hmm. textured or as coarse, mm-hmm. um, and they'll say, well. Um, this person has natural hair, this person has natural hair, but if it's somebody whose hair is more coarse or whatever, right. then, you know, they're not as celebrated as this other person. Yes. So, yeah, there's definitely, you know, still that. And it's, and it's not only affecting women, but it's also affecting men. Yeah. Um, 
Definitely. But mm-hmm. since we're on the subject of hair, this is a great um, transition okay. to your second work. Mm-hmm. Um, I am more than my hair. Yes. And so we talk, we're transitioning from people who have hair mm-hmm. to people who don't have hair. Right. So you can't judge that, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, as far as like texture goes. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So um, tell me about this book. Um, so I am more than my hair came out uh, when I, this was in 2013 when I had my book launch for Feminine Transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know about, you know, the idea came about after then but um, I had locks at that time for 16 years Uh, I locked my hair in high school so I had the same thing my mom put a perm in my hair in the fifth grade I decided I wanted to grow it out also from the pressure of my dad like you can do your own hair do Mm -hmm. your own hair Um, and decided to cut it off um, how reaffirming was that for your dad um, to say that to you? Oh, I think, you know, I realized how important that is to hear, mm-hmm. to hear the words of your father, mm-hmm. to, especially as a little girl, mm-hmm. um, to say that you're beautiful and also to let you know that, you know, like you are, you're fine just as you are, mm-hmm. you know? So um, and I think sometimes if you look at, young, if you look at girls um, and sometimes where they tend to be attracted to is usually if they don't have that voice at home, mm-hmm. sometimes they might attract the wrong attention. Or it's mm-hmm. the guy who they may end up meeting later on in life, like your mom, mm-hmm. um, and saying, hey, you know what, you, you're beautiful without it, you mm-hmm. know? So um, I think it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when I did decide to cut my hair when I was, uh, well, that was you know, 16 years, old, 16 years of length, and um, I blogged about it because I was, was going to donate my locks to um, an organization you know, after a big chop. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, when I blogged about it, I was shocked at the fact that people were criticizing me mm-hmm. um, for cutting my hair. Really? They were more concerned about me cutting my hair than I was cutting my hair. And I heard a lot of, because of the length. Because okay. I think it's the length, and just you know, just and maybe that, that's what it is. Because you know, a lot of times when you see women with braids, it's really long. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, why would you cut? That's all yours. Why would you cut it? Um, and um, I just wasn't as concerned, you know, and I kept on hearing things like your hair is your crown and glory and it's your beauty mm-hmm. and, you know, Rasta don't cut their locks. Like it was a whole like mm-hmm. different levels of mm-hmm. of everything. And um, I was like, it, it, there was a lady who was speaking to me in a store and I told her um, just in, I, I didn't think about the thought that my response but it just came out. And I said to her while her daughter was there, would you tell your daughter that she's no longer beautiful if she if she if her hair wouldn't grow, mm-hmm. you know, if she didn't have hair? Mm-hmm. And um, that thought that she's thinking, I'm also thinking like I should come up with a project, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was actually the thought mm-hmm. there. Um, and once again, I slept on it mm-hmm. and had the idea to uh, get together women and scout for women who didn't have hair. Mm-hmm. But in my own ignorance as well, I thought women who were bald was all cancer related. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. So it was through this process. Through a friend having a conversation, which told me about alopecia, and alopecia mm-hmm. just means hair loss. Right. Um, so even if a woman loses her hair from chemotherapy, it's still alopecia. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I got started with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so again, what did you learn about um, this? Well, you know, doing the, during this process of talking to these women. Oh well, I learned that um, they all are pretty much going through the same situations, like you know, people, the stairs and. Even people laughing at them and um, and the pressure that they feel when they don't have hair. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole other layer that's completely gone that we usually sometimes as women, you know, can cover ourselves by mm-hmm. um, makeup, hair. And even though hair is, you know, I mean, it grows naturally in our head. For those who it doesn't or it may have lost it, um, where do they fit? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I didn't realize that I didn't realize the seriousness of. Because for me, I'm like, I see a woman without hair or a short cut. I'm like, oh, she's, she's so pretty. You can see her face, you know, but. Mm-hmm. For them, it was, not everybody, but for most, was, it was devastating, you know, so, mm. yeah. And so, out of this book, um, 
through the documentary yes. that you're currently working on. Right. So you came into our studio lab. You were uh-huh. doing a little editing on right. that. Um, and so how is uh, the book, which you, you learned from working on the book, different mm-hmm. than, you know, working on the documentary? Oh, I, I would say that I, 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 um, I'm crazy for doing this. I didn't realize. No, I'm joking. Um, it was um, actually I didn't plan on doing the uh the film. I'm self-taught with film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love hearing that too. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I um, uh, initially I was taking footage from the book so I can have uh, marketing material for my um, uh, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to, I sent my information to Docs in Progress, who's my fiscal sponsor, mm-hmm. um, for a roundtable just to get feedback mm-hmm. for my footage. And the audience pretty much was like, why is this not a documentary? Why is this just, you know, marketing material? Mm-hmm. So it grew just from there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I decided now to go back to some of the women and the women from there on out to film them and actually, you know, for a documentary. But it is, um, it's similar in that there's stories, but the picture is just the story, you know, the words, and then you can try to figure things out from looking at someone's face, um, which I think, you know, I like to do as well. But the film, really, you really get to get more in-depth with someone you get to hear the story a little bit deeper you know mm-hmm. so um it it's it connects and at the same time it's so different mm-hmm. you know yeah but i enjoy both yeah. so you know we talked about hair texture and then so now in doing this work mm-hmm. uh did you did these women say that they were treated differently um because of not having hair oh yeah yeah completely different um a lot of people make mean comments. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that. You have the, the positive and you have some negative and positive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some women um, say that women who have lost their hair, when they do see them or, you know, one of them, they might, they feel empowered to say, mm-hmm. okay, well, I don't need my wig on then. Mm-hmm. You know, but often most of them did feel pressure to wear a wig in the beginning mm-hmm. um, stages. Mm-hmm. Um, some chose not to anymore because it's hot. Right. You know, I can't imagine how hot that is because my own hair is hot, but... And then others say, you know, um, they don't feel comfortable without it. Mm-hmm. Some to the point where their husbands haven't even seen them really? without their wig on. Yeah. Wow. Or family members, friends. Yeah. So it's still, you know, there's one woman in particular who um, is, she has really been encouraged by the, by the project, by being in it. Mm-hmm. And she is um, looking forward to the day that she feels comfortable. She hasn't even taken a picture mm-hmm. without, you know, with just her, um, without her wig. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that she can step out with her family and friends and they can see her for who she is, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah. It's, that's, so that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like going through, but, you know, you have an illness. Right. So you're battling an illness and at the same time you're worried about, you know, what society will image. think of me. Yeah, this, right. this whole image right. thing. Yeah. Um, so I find that, you know, I mean, it's kind of sad. It is very sad. Yeah. And I didn't realize how it, you know, for feminine transitions, it was the whole beauty thing. But this is, I mean, the same thing is beauty, mm-hmm. but also it's um, now it's beauty with, you know, like without hair. So mm-hmm. um, it was a little deeper than what I experienced the first my first project. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. it says a lot about this culture because I'm looking at this and let's say if you're somewhere some parts of Africa, right. you know, women are bald, right. you know, mm-hmm. and working it. Mm-hmm. Like they got their jewels, everything on yeah. and they're bald yeah. and they're perfectly fine. But yeah. in this culture, for whatever reason, yeah. it's, you need to have hair yeah. and it has to be a certain texture. It has to be a certain length. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's, and if it's not, it's unacceptable. Right. Yeah. And if you look out, when you go out now, um, uh, 
and it's predominantly black women, because I'm speaking, you know, because this is from my own experience as a black woman, what I see, um, they all look alike with the same same kind of wigs, the same long or wavy, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, and then it, also through this, I learned that a lot of the women end up, because I have a doctor that I interviewed as well, um, mm-hmm. she's a dermatologist, um, and she was saying that a lot of women are losing their hair from mm-hmm. wearing these wigs, so there's now mm-hmm. like traction alopecia mm-hmm. from putting the glue on or, you know, stitching yeah. it in, um, and it's now, it's a lot more younger um, African-American mm-hmm. girls that are losing their hair because, you know, their moms are putting their wigs in their hair at a younger mm-hmm. age. And yeah. um, sometimes with these braids, you know, right. it's not the constant use of wearing braids. Not saying anything against it because right. it is a form of, you know, natural. Right, yeah. But they're pulling it so tight that they're losing their edges. Yeah, right, yeah. And that's a that's, that's another, the And it's now, it, it was, <laughs> now I saw this comment uh-huh. and it was, it was funny, but it's not funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, this woman... She was commenting on this other woman. She was talking about, oh, I can't get a date, blah, blah, blah. And this woman in the comments said, girl, you still young and you got your edges. <laughs> oh, my God. She was, <laughs> was serious. Just like, but, yeah, it's oh, serious. Okay. I never do. Like, edges are a big thing. If you don't have your edges, I mean. <laughs> down it. Yeah, well, no, my, I keep on seeing things about edges. Like, my daughter keeps showing me memes. <laughs> <laughs> about edges and guys comments yeah. comedians commenting on it but it, it yeah. is and now it, it's more of an issue than it was ever maybe I, maybe i didn't notice it before i don't know mm-hmm. um i'm just finding that i'm seeing a lot more mm-hmm. memes or you know women talking about the edges missing mm-hmm. i remember in in um elementary school seeing girls with ponytails mm-hmm. and seeing mm-hmm. that the edges were gone you yeah. know um but I'm seeing a lot more of it That's now. That's because mama had to slick the hair yeah. and put that gel on. Right, and she yes. brushed that hair so tight <laughs> right, to yes. get that hair in a ponytail. And it just, right. you know, that hair did not want to go in a ponytail. Yeah. But mama tried anyway. And she pulled it so tight yeah. that the edges went Oh, missing. my gosh. That's just They horrible. ran away. Right. And it's sad. It is. Yeah. <laughs> not even considering Because I know what, as a kid, my grandmother, my mother um, had, had a stroke when she was 25. So she mm-hmm. didn't really get to do my hair um, only up until I was two. But... My um, aunties and my grandmother would do my hair, and they always were mindful of doing my cornrows loose mm-hmm. so that I didn't mess up my, so I didn't break, I didn't, they'll say you don't break your hairline, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, so they were a lot more conscious of it, I feel like, then. I mean, and it's not just women here. I see a lot of um, African women. Yeah. I don't know if it's from wrapping their hair mm-hmm. or what, but oh. um, I remember my cousin, I went to go visit her, and I don't know why I was staring at her edges, but. I don't know if it was because she wore a lot of hair wraps or whatever, but the edges were missing. So, with uh-huh. there too, because they pull their hair tight. Yes, you right, know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and once again, I it's guess. not you know against it or yeah. the braids or anything, mm-hmm. but it's just I think it's important for people to be. You got to be conscious of what you're doing. Just like if you're wearing makeup, mm-hmm. um, it's better to wear if you're going to put you know foundation, get something that's mineral based. Mm-hmm. You know, something that, and don't go to sleep with it on. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you see some women, um, if you see some celebrities without makeup, you can mm-hmm. see. That they wear makeup all the time mm-hmm. um, because the skin is kind of like mm-hmm. a little deformed. Not deformed, but, you know, it's, it's a yeah, little... Yeah, it does something to the yeah, texture of the yeah, skin. The, yeah, right, yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah, so just be aware, you know, loosen your braids. Don't make it too tight, you know. And if a kid is, especially when, when sometimes when little girls are getting their hair done, they're complaining, I it's can't too, sleep, yeah. right, you know, so it's mm-hmm. too tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, loosen it. You know, right? Even when yeah. I get my locks done, I don't like... Um, I have to take it down. Like, oh, if, right. you know, uh, my loctician, like, she'll put it up in a bun. Right. And I'll be like, oh, it's real cute. And then when my eyes can't close, <laughs> I'm, I'd start taking those pins out. That right. style might last a day or right. two. But I just yeah. have to be free. I can't sleep. Yeah. You know, yeah, so I got to be free. Yeah. Um, 
So we talked about um, your movie. We talked about a little bit about the documentary mm-hmm. that's going to accompany um, that accompanies the book. Right. Um, but you're also um, a mom. Yes, I am. And a wife. Uh-huh. Yes. So how do you balance that out while doing this work? Huh. That's a, you know what I have to say. I feel like that's an art by itself. Um, it's a lot. I also my husband and I also have a, um, a residential construction company. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what we do. My, my projects are like what I'm doing on the side mm-hmm. of everything else. I, I wouldn't say it's on the side. I'm still I'm doing it with what everything else that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't drive myself crazy. As a, but that's the lesson learned though from feeling like I kind of burned the candle on both, end, both ends before. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a calendar now that mm-hmm. I, I'm like I'm like organization is really important. So mm-hmm. I write down what I need to get done. I'll have like a month from now. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? You know, planning my days out. Um, and sometimes it might change day to day, but I remember to go back and, you know, edit some things and put it back in there. So I have days for the company. I have days for um, my film or the book and marketing. Of mm-hmm. course, the kids like every day. Um, and uh, and and I just, you know, I, I just really just go from there. And then also me. Mm-hmm. So when I have my Sundays, I'm dedicated to Alicia is going jogging mm-hmm. in the morning. Nobody's bothering me. Mm-hmm. Leave me with my time. If I'm going to do my any meditation or exercise class. My kids will come with me sometimes too, mm-hmm. you know, but you, you know that this is my, my time. Sunday's nobody. It's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really adamant about making sure that I have time for myself because mm-hmm. that's important. Mm-hmm. So you don't drive yourself crazy, you know, but it's, it's an art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we're getting close to the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do is I, I, I do something called Fast Five. Okay. Where I ask you five questions. Okay. Uh, you give me the first thing that pops into your mind. Mm-hmm. First. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Yeah, the, the first thing. Whatever okay. comes up, you know, comes to mind. Okay. Okay. Uh, what is the last documentary that you watched? Um, in, uh, searching for, in Search of a... Oh, my gosh. I got another one. Hold on. In Search of Greatness. Mm-hmm. What, what is that? So that's uh, sports players. It was, oh. um, it was really good, though, but it was more than just sports. They were talking about, um, like, how they were the oddballs in school and mm-hmm. thought they would never be anything and mm-hmm. how they've, you know, become... As great as they are, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay. really good. I gotta check that out. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite Trini dish? Oh man, there's so many. Um, I'll say bacon saltfish. Okay. Yeah, bacon chalk, bacon saltfish. Oh, okay. You said the first one that comes to mind, right? Bacon saltfish. <laughs> bacon saltfish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know you saw me grubbing on a roti. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love roti too. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shark bake. <laughs> um, if you had a theme song, what would it be? Huh, what would that be? Um, that's a difficult one. There's so many songs in my head. Um, it's the first one that pops up. What's the first one? When you one? think of yourself. Um, Greatness um, by Peter Tosh. Okay. I don't even know if that's the name of the song, but I know that's in the, in the lyrics, but Greatness. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is funny. Have you ever sent a text message to the wrong person? Oh, I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this bump, 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 bum, bump. Oh, no, yes. I'm oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I forgot wrong person. <laughs> and of course, we are the District of Columbia Public Library. So mm-hmm. I'd like to know, what's your favorite book? My favorite book so far at the lab. Oh, um, Kadir Nelson. I, so I do a lot of kids, you know, books with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, but so far, Kadir Nelson, um, Moses. Okay. I, well, I like his illustrations book, the same, you know, both, so. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, since we're wrapping up, um, 
let the listeners know where they can learn more about your projects. Yes. So you can visit me, uh, my website, alicia.com, A-L-Y-S-C-I-A.com. I'm also raising funds for my documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and that's listed on, through Docs and Progress, which is my fiscal sponsor, and that's on my website. Um, I have a roundtable screening coming up on mm-hmm. August 13th. I have to share that with you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is with the Ed Docs and Progress office in Silver Spring. And then I have my official launch at AFI in Silver Spring on October 20th, Sunday, October okay. 20th. Yes. So the documentary is complete. It's well, it's it's, it's com- almost there. Almost so the roundtable is just to see like the final. That's like the final cut. Okay. Um, and then October 20th would be that's the official. Okay. Yeah. I'll be there. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> And thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is great. Oh, this yeah. is, yeah, I mean, this is a great conversation. Right, yes. We need to talk more about these, this subject, these right, subjects yes. that we discussed. Yes. Um, this, is a bit, this has been an episode of DCPL's All Creative, All Things Creative on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Please visit dclibrary.org to learn more about the library services and programs. Talk to us online at DCPL on Twitter and at DC Public Library on Instagram. Listen and download this show wherever you listen to your podcasts by searching for Full Service Radio. Thank you for listening. <laughs>